Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters who are watching all around the world today. My name is Natalie Zogby and I'll be bringing forward to you a topic relating to investments and finance. I am honoured to introduce our highly respected panellists who are with us today. We have Professor Muhammad Iqbal Asariya, who is a highly recognised leading expert in Islamic banking and finance. He was a member of the of the Bank of England's Working Party set up to facilitate the, the introduction of Sharia compliant financial products. He has worked on developing the FTSE Sharia Index and its constituents. We also have respected brother Nushad Bidiji. Nushad is the founder of Sharia Portfolio, a professional wealth management firm specializing in helping Muslims invest without compromising Islamic values. Sharia Portfolio was founded in 2003, which now serves clients worldwide. Our aim today, inshallah, is to shed some light on how to manage investments and most importantly, managing our investments in a halal manner. As a moderate this program, I encourage you all to please sit tight until the end where I will be asking the panelists the golden question. And we shall begin. I'll open up this question starting with you, Brother Nushad, please. In regard to the current situation that we are all experiencing, everybody is expecting a market crash in the following year. Do you agree with this statement? And if so, what states will be hit the hardest? Assalamu alaikum. And uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, conferences like this give the Ummah a great place to gather and learn from each other. So thank you and thank you to, for, uh, to the organizers for putting this together. Uh, I do agree that there's going to be some volatility. The reason 2020 was such a great year for the stock market is because there was really nowhere else to invest. You've probably heard a lot of professionals talking about this. Um, when you look at interest rates, you know, look at bonds, savings accounts, you know, you're pretty much getting no return. So there really isn't a good alternative to stocks. So the stock market was the only place to really park capital. And therefore, all the liquidity out there just kept coming back into the markets and kept propping up the markets. We're now at all-time highs and we're beginning to see some volatility. And what really started this? Interest rates. Interest rates started to go up and we started to see 1.6% uh, yields on, in the bond market. And that, of course, now means there are alternatives. So people who are investing in bonds and CDs have an alternative to stocks. However, the stock market is still giving you far greater yields than, than bonds will. Uh, there are a lot of stocks right now that are giving yields of 4 or 5%. There are REITs that are giving uh, yields of uh, around 4% now. So there's still a lot of good value in the stock market. So I'm not expecting a huge exodus from the markets. I'm not looking at or I'm not seeing a massive drop like what we saw in 2008. I don't think that there's a major systemic problem. Uh, but I do think there's going to be choppiness. I think there's going to be sector rotations, which means there are areas that have been neglected last year. There are a lot of areas like consumer defensive names, uh, companies like Procter & Gamble, for example, uh, that didn't do as well because they were not, you know, in the news every day, uh, companies like Tesla, Zoom. These are the names that really took off the COVID plays, if you will. So we may see some rotation this year out of some of those type of stocks and into some of these other names that were neglected, even, even airlines, for example, look at Southwest Airlines. It's up 70% in the last six months. And at the same time, Tesla is down pretty substantially just in the last few weeks.
Thank you. Thank you for answering that for us there, Brother Noshad. Um, Professor Muhammad Akbar, would you like to mention anything there? I, I just like to say that uh, compared to previous times, the banks are a little bit more better capitalized. So with, with the new administration in the US, so the lacking of banking regulations has come to a halt. And there's a flow to the whole situation. So, yes, there will be volatility, but as economic effects up, um, then company profitability will also pick up. So that will under market values. Oshad has said bonds are now not a one way. So let's go up, we'll go down. And uh, the whole investment uh, structure of the last four years is under question. However, a major crash. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing there. And thank you to both of you for, for sharing your knowledge on that matter. Uh, the next question will be directed to you, Professor Akbar. You are a leading expert in this matter. Uh, could you please share with us what in what circumstances is the stock market haram? In principle, the stock is never haram uh, because it is an investment a risk investment into shares so in sharia terms that is fine you are not doing anything wrong if on the other hand you indulge in short-term trading too much with the intention of term trading only it may become questionable although very difficult to say when it becomes haram or questionable because what you're investing in is long-term growth in those companies you are putting your Potentially, even uh, expecting to lose the whole of it, it's underpinned by anything. Kind of activity is never haram. The only thing which creates problems in the stock market is that if you invest in companies which deal in haram products like alcohol or gambling or pornography and so on, and where uh, the screening come from. Professor Akbal, we are having a little bit of difficulty hearing you there, um, so we might come back to this question here. Um, we will uh, move on to Brother Noshad. Um, now, Brother Noshad, considering you are the CEO in an investment firm, um, could you please share your view on this question for us? Uh, what is your view on investing in cryptocurrency? I mean, we're, we're all going crazy over this term, right? And should we or should we not? Yeah, that's a great question, and it is something that a lot of people are talking about right now. So let me start off with a quick background on the topic. Uh, cryptocurrency is a virtual currency that is based on blockchain technology through a decentralized network. So one of the defining characteristics of cryptocurrencies is that they are not issued by any central authority, and therefore they avoid government interference and manipulation. They're criticized for often being used for illegal activities and exchange rate volatility. However, they're praised for inflation resistance and transparency, again, due to the blockchain technology. 
Cryptocurrencies are very volatile, partly because they're very thinly traded and also because there's no particular asset backing, such as gold or the strength of a government. Tesla announced that they plan to accept Bitcoin for their cars. When more companies begin accepting cryptocurrencies as a form of payment, this will really help stabilize the value of the currency. We may still be away, far away from that, uh, but we are continually moving in that direction. The space is evolving, but at the moment it is very speculative. People often think of investing in shares to be just as volatile. However, whenever you buy shares, you are becoming a part owner of an existing business. It might be a very small percentage, but you are a business owner. As such, you have to approach investing in stocks the same way you would approach investing in a friend's business idea. If someone came to you and said, hey, you should invest in this concept, this new startup idea that I've got, you're probably going to ask quite a few questions before you get into that. Uh, things like, you know, what makes this company different from any other? Who are your competitors? How strong is your management? Uh, what are the assets and cash balance? Um, how much do you make every year? There's probably a hundred other questions you would ask before you invest in, in any kind of startup or new business venture. You can do the same when choosing a stock to invest in. Companies have some intrinsic value. It's your job as an investor to study the company you're investing in and to try to buy the shares below their fair market value. And this is what makes investing in shares and stocks a little bit different from cryptocurrencies because cryptocurrencies don't have that backing. But as I said earlier, once more and more companies start to accept payment, uh, there may be a little bit more um, uh, stable, stabilization. But right now it is a very volatile area and uh, we, we prefer to uh, wait until things uh, stabilize in, in the cryptocurrency world. Yeah, thank you so much for, for mentioning that there, Brother Noshad. I mean, um, many of the things that you had mentioned around uh, the questions that we should ask prior to actually investing, some seem to, uh, you know, not ask those questions. So, so thank you for actually focusing on that part. Um, Brother Noshad, while I have you there, I also have another question. Um, we... We, uh, what do you suggest we do to move from haram forbidden to tayyib wholesome investing? Great question. You know, one, one, one of the things uh, I was talking to uh, Dr. Iqbal uh, the other day about this, and uh, you know, in the past, a lot of people would say that you know we don't have alternatives, we don't have anywhere else to invest. That is not the case today. There are a lot of Sharia compliant. Off, uh, offerings, you know, both uh, services and products around the world. Um, we have our own line of ETFs, for example. Um, we have three publicly traded ETFs on the New York Stock Exchange that allow people to have an investment in either stocks or sakuk, which are Islamic bonds, or real estate. So you have three products right there, and this is just our firm. There's so many other firms also offering their products and services, not just in North America, but around the world. So we do have the solutions available to us. So it's no longer an excuse to say that, well, there, there isn't an alternative. Now, the other thing to think about here is as a Muslim, do you go to bars? Do you visit uh, casinos? Probably not. So why would it be okay to profit from those ventures? 
you can invest while avoiding things that are not per your own personal values. So when we invest in Sharia compliant investments, it doesn't mean we're sacrificing return. What we're giving up is investments in sinful areas like gambling and, and, and uh, adult entertainment and casinos and alcohol, these kinds of things. So we do have those alternatives. And just, just, just as, you know, one, one of the comments I hear from a lot of people is, you know, I don't really want to go to this halal restaurant because they also serve alcohol, even if their meat is zabiha. So in your own stock portfolio, are you investing and profiting from some of those areas? Uh, we can't really criticize the restaurant owners for selling alcohol if we ourselves are profiting from alcohol sales through the mutual funds that we invest in. So I think that this is a very timely and important consideration. And I think we have very little excuses to not avoid those areas. I'd also throw this question over to Professor Akbal as well. Welcome back. Um, as we, we were talking to with, with Brother Noshad, uh, this question for you also would be really interesting to, to understand your view. Uh, what do you suggest we do to move away from the uh, haram to tayyib wholesome investing? Okay, uh, sorry for the connection issues, which is one of these uh, occupational hazards of <laughs> Zoom and online meetings. Anyway, I think as Noshad has said, and we were discussing only yesterday, that uh, over 10 years, a lot of my students have done work in this area and back-tested some portfolios and shown that really there is no performance penalty in investing in only Sharia compliant stocks. In fact, there may be benefit. So in that case, the argument that you will lose out is gone. The question is, how do we make sure that we are investing in things which are halal, which are permissible, and increasingly now young people are asking, which are wholesome, which are tayyib as well? so that we are looking at responsible finance, looking at climate change, environmental issues, sustainability, and so on. And uh, as I was sharing with Nushad and uh, you yesterday, in fact, our studies show that if you have a common core of Sharia and ESG stocks only, you will do better than both separately and better than the, the normal index as well. So really, uh, the argument that either it is not uh, uh, it is not profitable or I'm losing too much, I don't want to be halal to lose too much, is gone. The only question now to answer is this. Can you become obese on halal junk food? If you can, you have a problem, right? So how are we going to make sure that junk food is controlled in your portfolio or similar positions. If you still continue to become obese on halal junk food, then you have a problem. Thank you so much for sharing that there, Professor Akbal, especially that um, great analogy for us to, to, to understand. Um, as we reach the final um, moment of our session today, as promised, we do have our golden question, which will be presented to the panel. Uh, Brother Nushad, 
Uh, would you mind answering this question for us? And I believe we would all love to know this. Uh, where do you advise our audience to invest now and in the near future? Well, that's always the million dollar question. And uh, when, when we have a situation like what we're seeing now where there are sector rotations happening, where there's more volatility and speed bumps in the market, even, even if we're not expecting a major drop, where do we put our money? Uh, one of the things is that a diversified ETF portfolio is a really good place right now while we wait for things to settle down. So uh, the the share combined ETFs I mentioned earlier, and I, I saw someone here was asking, uh, what are, you know what are these ETFs? Um, I would recommend take a look at sp-funds.com, and uh, you'll see three of them right there. But the concept is that one of them uh, is a uh, Sharia compliant index of the S&P 500. So you're probably all familiar with the S&P 500. Those are the 500 uh, largest companies in the United States. And this is followed all over the world. A lot of mutual funds are constantly trying to beat that index of 500 stocks. So we decided, and, and you know, we saw that on average, 20% of mutual funds actually beat those uh, that, that index. So we thought instead of trying to beat it, why don't we just be the index and beat the funds 80% of the time? So our stock ETF, the uh, symbol is SPUS, um, it is basically just the Sharia compliant stocks within the S&P 500. And one of the things is uh, Brother Iqbal was mentioning, when you do the back testing, the returns are really incredible. I mentioned this to uh, the folks at S&P 500. And initially they didn't really believe me and they said, you know, we're gonna look into this ourselves. And when they did, they called me two weeks later and they said, you know what, we really wanna partner with you on this. this the returns look fantastic and we wanna be a part of this. So their name is actually on all of our ETFs. And um, just to give you an idea of how it looked last year, the S&P was up about 16%. Uh, the Sharia 500 the, uh, was up about 26%. So like Brother Iqbal said, you don't have to sacrifice returns to be Sharia compliant and index funds like, like these and, and not just ours, but others that are out in the market, they're a great place to be in a situation where the markets are getting to be a little bit turbulent because it gives you some diversification. Instead of putting all your money into one or two or three companies, you can be in a couple of couple hundred of them and still do well overall without having to take uh, extraordinary risk. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that there. Um, Professor Akbar, did you have anything to note on that at all before we end, uh, reach our closing? No, I just a uh, small comment. I mean, people may not uh, make a distinction between investing in individual stocks and investing in an ETF or an exchange-traded fund. What an ETF does is to give you exposure to a wider area than specific stocks you have chosen and protects you against fluctuations in individual stocks, right? So I think it's a much more, um, well, it won't do, uh, it won't double or treble like one stock may, but steadily it will over a period of time give you a much more steady and safer return than individual stocks can. So I think Noshad and his group have done very well to go for ETFs rather than just doing a 
managed portfolio of stocks, individual stocks and things, which is which is a different uh, business altogether. So I think, yes, that's the only thing I wanted people to just look up. They could search for ETFs and see, understand what ETFs are as opposed to individual shares. Perfect. Thank you. And that's the answer to our golden question for today. Thank you so much. And as we reach the end of our session to our audience, if you have any questions that you wish to send through, um, please direct them to either Professor Akbar's email, which is mia, M-I-A at afkar.com and or Brother Nushad's email, which is naushad at sp-funds.com. I would like to thank you both for your time today. I mean, we, um, inshallah, you are rewarded immensely for sharing your knowledge and we really appreciate you taking your time to share your advice with us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having us.